We often hear Lent compared to a journey. And that is really a great way to understand our Lent, right? With the journey, we know where, when we're starting, we kind of know where we're going, right? Like that was the Lord of the Rings, right? They, they started and then they ended at the end, you know. We can build a great framework around it. And we can really understand Lent well that way. But Lent is not a spirit, it's, it is a spiritual journey. It's not a physical journey. It's this spiritual journey. It begins on Ash Wednesday, wherever we are. And it ends on Easter Sunday. And we know what happens when our journey ends. Spoiler alert, in case you forgot from last year or every other Sunday of the year, but Jesus dies. But in the process, he destroys death. And through his death, he makes it possible for us to be freed from slavery to sin. And then... He's glorified in the resurrection, and he opens the gates of heaven, making it possible for each of us to join him. We know all of that. We know that's what lays ahead of us. But what we don't know is how is this spiritual journey of Lent going to end for me? We know the objective, great, but what does it mean for me? That's a hard question. So in today's gospel, we hear the story of the transfiguration. I think that it helps to have a little bit more context for this event. So if you go back just a little bit, six days earlier, Peter has this astounding confession. You know, Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he's right. Peter didn't mess up for once. Congratulations, dude. You got it. But then it, the Bible says, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed on the third day and be raised. So Peter, listening, thinking, well, that's not how you treat God, decides to take it upon himself. So it says, then Peter took him aside. Peter took him. You can almost imagine what this might look like. It's like Peter grabs him by the shoulder and says, get over here, Jesus. We're having a conversation about this one. And he says, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. Luckily, Peter, or, sorry, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And that's a pretty hard rebuke, but what Jesus is doing is he's telling Peter, you cannot control this situation. And he starts teaching the disciples why it's so important that all of this happens. Because Jesus' glory and his suffering, they're two parts to the same thing. They're intricately linked. It's almost like his glory comes from his suffering. And so the disciples, they had to learn that. They had to learn that this journey of discipleship, 
to which they had been called meant they were going to have to take up their cross and follow Jesus. That's like three more lines down. In the first reading, we see an example of this. We see Abram. He's going on a journey. He doesn't have his new fancy name yet. He's still Abram. And God calls him to a journey. Abram is 75 years old right now. And God says, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He doesn't say, Abram, we're going to take a journey to Kansas City today. He says, get on the road. I'll tell you when we're there. <laughs> and Abram's 75. I mean, I'm 33. And if God came and told me, hey, Father Matt, get on the road. We're going to go on a trip. I'm like, where are we going, God? Um, I'm not leaving until you tell me, you know. So just imagine what that would have been like. God is telling Abraham to, Abram to leave everything, his family, his friends, all of his stuff, just leave it there and we're going to go. And he promises him that he will make him a great nation, that he will bless him. He'll make a great name from him. That all the communities of the earth will find blessing in him. So that's a pretty great promise. But still, you've got to have faith in God if you're going to follow it. Abram had to follow God and trust that he would provide. And that's a perfect example for us this year as we begin, well, we're a couple weeks in now, to our journey of Lent. We have to follow his example and fight that temptation to lead ourselves through this, through this Lent. We have to learn how to surrender that control to God and let God lead our journey through Lent, which is what is happening in the gospel today. So, Peter, probably still recovering from all that egg he got on his face six days ago, is following Jesus again. And it says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. They use that same word. It's really marvelous in the Bible. They'll use the same word. It's like, here's the bad one, but here's how Jesus redeems it, you know? And so Jesus, he takes these three apostles with him to a high mountain. Have you ever noticed everything important seems to happen on a high mountain? It must have been exhausting. I wonder what was going through Peter, James, and John's mind, right? Like, great, another mountain. Oh, Mount Tabor? That one's not fun at all. <sighs> and hopefully he's not just messing with us, and we're going to go up and then down and then up this next one, you know? Because he didn't tell them where they were going. He just said, come with me. But they knew Jesus, and they trusted him. They knew he would lead them somewhere good. Paul speaks of this today to Timothy. He says, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. That's what's happening with these apostles. That's what's got to happen for us. We've got to draw that strength from the relationship with Jesus. Those apostles, they would have seen the mountain. They would have seen, oh boy, and they would have drawn courage from Jesus, from that relationship. 
And it seems like they would have been willing to bear many sufferings. Not all of them yet, but many of them. Just because they knew Jesus and they cared about him and they loved him. And so they followed him. Which is exactly what we've got to do this Lent. We've got to let Jesus lead us up the high mountains. Walking up a mountain is not fun or pleasant or easy except for a couple people who like mountaineering and they're a little weird, but you know, any journey is going to be hard. Why would it be easy though? Because when we are on this journey, we are changing. Yeah, we're changing for the better, but it's still change. And change isn't easy. You know, when someone tells me that I need to change, most of the time, what I hear is not something good. It's, you're no good right now. You need to fix that before I care. That's not what's being said, of course, but that's what I'll hear. But when someone comes who I trust, who I know cares about me, instead what I hear is, I care about you. And I think that this is going to help you to be happy. And so let me help you with it. So I don't know what mountain I'm climbing this Lent. I I definitely don't know what mountain you're climbing this Lent. But we've all got to let Jesus lead us up there. Because... Jesus loves us. And as he leads us, he's not leaving us alone. He is walking right beside us, bearing the same pain, the same suffering that we go through on this journey. And that doesn't take it away, but it means we can bear it because we're going to draw strength from Jesus. Because as we walk Through this journey with our Lord, he's going to be whispering into our ear something, the most true thing ever. We hear it in the Gospel of John. As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you think about it, the love between the Father and the Son created the entire universe And that's how much he loves us. And he wants us to know that constantly. So, when Peter, James, and John finally got up to the top of that mountain, we've only gone like three verses, people. (laughs) I'm kidding. When they finally got up to the top, they saw something unspeakably incredible. They tried to write it down, but I'm sure... It was so much more than we can even imagine. They saw the Lord transfigured. He had become dazzling and beautiful and radiant. You know, the Greek word that they use, it's the same word as metamorphosis, you know. And I was thinking about that word. That's the word that they used when they taught us in grade school that a caterpillar turning into a butterfly does, right? It's like the same thing, but something so much more incredible, right? But these apostles still recognized Jesus. They knew that this was their friend. And so they were afraid, yeah, because bright lights shining on top of a hill out of somebody is pretty, I mean, I'd be freaked out too. But they recognized him. 
And so when he said, do not be afraid, they could trust him. And yeah, Peter's response was a classic Peter, you know, a little goofy. Hey, Lord, let's build some tents. We'll be here forever. It'll be great. And Jesus just says, it's okay, Peter. Calm down. Don't be afraid. He gives them that gift. But then he tells them, don't tell anyone about this. What's that all about? It reminded me during our parish mission, I think Father Luke and Brother Pius mentioned this. They said that sometimes in prayer, God speaks a secret into our heart that we just have to hold on to. And like it says that Mary took these things and pondered them in her heart, we've got to take these things and turn them over, ponder them in our hearts too. And so that's, I think, what Jesus is asking them to do today. Because now they finally understood, no question about it, Jesus is God. But also no question about it, he's told us he's going to have to suffer. And how do we understand that? We've got to work with it a while. And Jesus knew if they tried to explain it, it would be more classic Peter foot-in-the-mouth moments, right? At the end of this Lenten journey, Jesus is going to give us a gift. And it's going to be incredible. And we don't know what it is. And for a lot of it, for a lot of us, that's going to be something we need to keep in our hearts a while. And we need to ponder. And we need to ask him to help us understand. And that's great. It really is great. Let's ask the Lord for strength this year on this journey to help us draw strength from him to go up to the mountaintop and to be ready to be surprised by something incredible and then ponder it in our hearts.